What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you, sitting across from a co-host. Amaya Bo. Welcome to Rad Parenting. Hope you are all well. Hey, I keep those emails coming, radparenting at gmail.com. Also want to remind everyone, thank you so much, as always, for uh, the reviews. And um, keep those coming uh, and because what it does is, A, it turns people onto the show, and also it lets more people find out what we're doing here at Rad Parenting. Yep. Super excited about that. Rad Parenting, a service to the Rad Parenting community. Yes. Yes, we are. Hey, uh, today we're going to go full service. Um, as you guys know, uh, Anea is a part of Real You. We've been talking about that the last couple of episodes on the show. Um, with everything that's going on in the news recently, uh, we felt, uh, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, we usually go off kind of on a, ta- not a tangent, but we'll go in, in any kind of direction that we want. But we also feel that it's important for us when there's something going on right in front of our eyes and, and we're in the car and our kids are in the car and they're hearing the news and, and they're asking questions. Hey, what does allegations mean? Hey, did that happen? Guilty, innocent. Uh, it's What's a great, me too? Yeah. What's sexual misconduct? And as a word that I've used from doing this show, it's a teachable moment. Yes, it is. So one of the teachable moments and one of the programs that you run uh, in its parenting tool is being an askable adult. Mm -hmm. And when you fired that to me today or yesterday and you said, hey, I got an idea for a show, um, it's it's a topic that you teach and you work with young women, young men, uh, parents, everything about basically getting to a place where you have yourself being an askable adult. You're, and, and first thing that went through my head is, I'm, well, yeah, I'm an askable adult. I'm the, I'm dad. Uh-huh. And they ask me, they ask me everything. Hey, <laughs> even it, the things you don't want to be asked. Yeah, even the things I don't want to be asked. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm already an askable adult. You know, what, what I'm working on is not being an askable mm-hmm. adult. I want to just have someone else deal with it. But what you're going to talk about today is basically, and what I love about this because I'm a neat freak. There's steps mm-hmm. to be taken. Yes. Uh, with how you can make yourself an askable adult. And with all of that said, I'm going to kind of throw it over to you to lead us through your idea and the topic that we had been talking about of how to like approach this whole theory. Right. Okay. So let me, let me tee this up and speak to it really directly because even it, people so frequently don't because this is such a charged subject. So the, the happenings in the news that we're referring to is the, the most recent wave of- uh, Sexual allegations. Yes. Date rape. Uh, with this one uh, involving Brett Kavanaugh, the candidate for the uh, Supreme Court, which of course is a lifelong position, and so this is a really big deal, Um, and uh, now a number of women that have come forward with allegations. So my guess is, you you know, our listeners and their, like you said, their children in the car, uh, certainly it's what happens for me. It's what we talked about at dinner last night. What does this mean? My dad was visiting, and the whole conversation... Was around this uh, this this particular topic, mm-hmm. what's going on, but also about like how did it even get to this point? Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. So a lot of the I don't know we've talked a little bit a little bit about this, but a lot of the work that I'm doing when I'm not here in the studio right now is more speaking engagements than I can actually manage um, on the topic of sexual misconduct and specifically. Uh, the prevention of sexual misconduct in the and an effort to create a culture of consent. So the askable adult terminology actually came out of uh, when I was in school doing my certification as a sexual health educator, and it's really compelling stuff because as a parent, um, 
we are afraid in this age of Me Too of, you know, if, if we have sons, we are terrified that they are going to become uh, uh, perpetrators of sexual misconduct, sometimes in spite of their, their best intentions. If we have daughters, we are worried that they're going to become victims. And I want to just say very explicitly, I am not suggesting that 100% of the time it's always female victims, male perpetrators. Um, men also become perpetrators and make victims of other males. Um, and on occasion, there are female perpetrators of sexual misconduct. Okay. All of that being said, um, I want to just tell a quick story to tee this up. And that is, um, I have some friends up in NorCal. They have, a, they had an amazing relationship with their daughter most of her life. Uh, I would argue all of her life. Um, in her freshman year of high school, she was, uh, walking to drop a, an assignment off at another classroom. One of her best friends who was a boy said, Oh, I'll come for a walk with you on the way to that classroom, he pushed her into the boys' back bathroom and very seriously sexual assaulted, sexually assaulted her um, and then left her on the floor and to pull herself together. And she did not say anything to anyone for two whole years. And in the course of those two years, her grades went from, you know, A student to seriously suffering grades, um, various symptoms that in hindsight her parents realized were symptoms of PTSD, um, emotional issues, eating issues. I mean, a variety of symptoms that are very common of victims of sexual assault. And so in, with that example in mind, I've had a lot of parents just be like, oh my God, like that would be my worst nightmare because I want to be able to protect my children. And if they won't talk to me, what do I do? And if something like that was to happen, you want them to come to you right away. Exactly. And be like, why did this happen? But once again, it goes into, and I know you're going to talk about it, mm -hmm. why someone would hold off from telling someone about an assault like that. Yes. So the thing about, uh, and I always call this out in when I'm speaking, is with any other crime. So if I were walking home from school and I had a backpack on with my computer in it and you know a person or people, a couple people jumped me, took my backpack, stole my computer... I wouldn't hesitate as You're soon as I got my it. bearings. I'm calling the person that I, you know, probably a parent or somebody that I trust immediately. Oh my gosh, here's what happened to me. And the per and I know that the person on the other end would be like, what do you need? I'm, are you okay? How can I help? Let's go to the police and make a report, right? Unfortunately, because we still have so, there's so much taboo around the subject of sex um, that victims of this particular crime, sex-related crimes, tend to carry so much shame and fear about telling anybody, and oh my gosh, could I have done something different so this wouldn't have happened to me, and what does it mean about me that this happened to me, blah, 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 that they tend to keep it quiet. It's one of the most underreported crimes that, that we have. So in an effort to give parents tools that will help them to not be like, I guess I've got to lock my kids up until they're 30 or 18 or whatever. Um, or I've got to sit and cross my fingers and be terrified of what's going to happen. It wouldn't even be about locking your kids up till they're 30 because th these things still happen you know, then. There is no age, there <laughs> yes. is no age discretion right. on, on someone getting violated like Great that. Point. So this yes. is just something that you're saying, this is a lifeline, lifeline, life. Uh, long lesson of communication from the very beginning. Yes, because honestly, to your point, and thank you, Joe, is even if our kid was, you know, if my daughter who's 22 was sexually assaulted tomorrow, I would want her to be able to come to me immediately and know that she had somebody who would be an ally and would help her take the steps she needs to take. 
Okay. So with all of that said, um, and I don't know if you want to go to a break first, then we can come back. I'm going to take everybody through like five actual steps with examples. It doesn't matter how young or how old your kid is for how you can become an askable adult. Before we go to the break though, I did want to ask you, when you're up... Uh, having these speaking engagements mm-hmm. and you're and you're talking to young people mm-hmm. about what's what's appropriate, I guess, behavior mm-hmm. or, or what's not appropriate. Is there still a disconnection with young people on what what is right and what is wrong? You know, the biggest. So to some degree, yes, sadly, and that has to do with a lot of like. Let's be real, folks. I mean, a lot of what, especially, well, I'm going to say it's not even just young men. Is what young people are seeing in our country right now is that you can have um, perpetrated an act of sexual misconduct and be in the highest office in the land. I mean, that is the message that it really is, it's kind of unacceptable because I see a few people up in arms, but yet it's still it's still happening. And this whole, the Me Too movement is really just blown open something that for generations, this is not new folks, for generations has been happening um, for a number of reasons and has been kept quiet. And... Um, yeah. So, but so, like when you're, I, my my question is this: Is it so when you're talking to young people about like, hey, you're on a date, mm-hmm. things are escalating in this this direction, is there a disconnect between boys and girls or girls and boys of what is considered acceptable, y- yeah, safe? I, I okay, just yeah. Grew so up with I'm sorry. No means yeah. no. I can add. That, you know, I know that simple. Well, it's it's more than that because you know that's part of the old paradigm, the old no means no paradigm, which is how sexual crimes used to be uh, prosecuted in a court of law. The problem with no means no is if the if somebody's not able to say no, i.e. they're under the influence, they're passed out, they're et cetera, then that can't be the basis for, well, was a crime committed or not? The person didn't say no. Well, if he or she was unconscious, they can't say no. Um, the actual, the, the biggest disconnect yeah, with the- the par- ex- When you say that's the old paradigm, like I'm just saying- The new like, paradigm is only yes means yeah, yes. But what I was saying was like, I mean, I don't know, like- I guess what I'm saying is if someone says, you know, that person didn't say no. And you're like, yeah, they were intoxicated. I always, you were, but I also, you grew up with like, you can't, you know, you weren't supposed to even play that game if too many, if you were intoxicated the other person. Oh yeah. No, no. Let me tell you that there are the case studies that I have unfortunately had to read and, and that I often present in these speaking engagements, you would be just horrified at the things that, young people will do, and we can chalk it up a little bit to, as we've talked about before, you know, their frontal cortex is not fully developed. And so their decision-making and their ability to see like, oh, if I, you know, take this girl's clothes off while she's drunk and run right all over her body with a Sharpie, that might have serious consequences for me on a legal level, but also for her. Um, True story, girl in Saratoga who ultimately ended up killing herself herself because she was victim-shamed um, for that particular incident. Um, but it is horrifying. That being said, I truly believe, and the stats suggest that those cases of like just completely like, how could you not know that that was wrong are much less common than the gray area. And that's where kids have a lot of difficulty. And we are only making it more difficult as the trusted adults in their lives when we don't speak to them about it. Got it. Yes. So that's why we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and get some steps on the parenting tools to be an askable adult. Let's do it. All right, we're going to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. Rad Parenting, we are back. Anaya Bogue, Joseph, hanging out together, uh, discussing the steps that you need to take to be an askable adult. Anaya, go. Okay, 
So um, first of all, I want to uh, just remind uh, everybody that um, there, if, if there's discomfort, if you know, check in with yourself, be honest. If you have any discomfort around the subject of you know, sex, sexuality, your, your child being uh, either voluntarily or involuntarily actively sexual, um, the very first step, the pre-step before these steps is please try to do the work. Talk with your partner, talk with a trusted friend, talk with your therapist to do your best to get right with your comfort around this subject um, because, and you're going to hear me mention the word shame in one of the steps in a moment, but I've said this before, research tells us that children, even like young children, read shame. So in other words, if your kid comes and asks you a question and you're uncomfortable, um, and so you're actually expressing, you're actually You're saying that emotion comes across. That emotion. So like you- Yeah, when you're like, you are like hey, oh. dad, mom, what's masturbating? And right. Like, can you, yeah, how do I? And then you're like, oh yeah. They just read right away. You're they, like, well, oh and not only do they, yeah. they, but they read sh what is actually shame or embarrassment as anger. Got it. And for especially, especially young people, young kids- um, what they what that will result in is is the in their minds they go oh mommy or daddy is angry I'm not supposed to ask about this and they stop asking and this this set of tools I'm I'm going to give you today is all about getting your kids to keep talking to you and feel like you absolutely can be the person they come and ask got it okay got it shame so, can be uh, perceived, perceived as, as anger. anger it's read as anger by got kids it. yes okay so step one. Um, this is going to surprise lots of you who have adolescent children. Your kids of any age want you to be the person that they come and ask. So um, you need to remember that. You, rem you need to remember not like, oh, I've got to get them to come to me and be like, you know, I, you need to start with the first step is knowing that they want you to be the person they come and ask. And so from the time, if you've got little kids... Yay, you're in the best position. This is where you build that foundation and you invite them to ask you questions about anything and everything. And when they do ask you, um, if you feel that rise of like, oh boy, oh boy, I feel super uncomfortable and they're gonna read my my shame or my embarrassment is anger, what do I do? You take a beat. And I'm gonna that's I'm gonna come back around to that. We're gonna come full circle. So the first thing is remember that your kid wants to come and talk to you. The second one is you need to listen with genuine curiosity and compassion, the two important C's, which means that you are calm, you are um, actively listening and demonstrating to them in your body language and your and your words and your facial expressions that you really want to, to, you're really interested in the question that they have to ask. And you are listening with compassion in part for the courage that they're probably demonstrating. And the older your child is, I can assure you the more courage they have had to muster up to come and ask you the burning question that they have. Okay? Got it. The third step is always be aware of how you are communicating both verbally and non-verbally. So I touched on that in step two, your body language. So if you're sitting there and you're saying the words, sure, honey, yeah, please, any question that you have, but your your body language is is saying that you're freaking the hell out <laughs> and, and or um, you're looking horrified when, for example, your uh, child comes and says, you know... Um, what does it mean if I like somebody 
who's also a girl or who's also a boy and you're trying to be calm, but your, your face is like looking horrified that your child is asking a question that in your mind might mean that they're going to read right through that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, step four is never, ever shame your children for their thoughts, feelings, desires, or curiosities. Um, so we've, that, that's the big S word, right? We've talked about this in rad parenting from the beginning. From the beginning. Shame is one of the most debilitating, um, things a parent can do to their child. And I know that many of us come from sort of old school parenting where we use tools like shame, embarrassment, ridicule to like get our kid into line. I am telling you the damage that it will do, uh, on, on multiple levels, uh, that was are going to cost you a lot of money in therapy or, co- co- or cost your child when they become adults lots of money in therapy. And then in this context, it was a surefire way to get your kid to stop talking to you, that you you will immediately become the opposite of an askable adult. You will become dangerous territory and they will go to their friends. Yeah, And keep in mind, like part of the reason we want them to come to us is not just that they don't keep something a secret for two years, like my friend's daughter up north, but also um, we don't want them to go and get information that is uh, not accurate Absolutely. Or, or from their peers you know, or who don't have the wherewithal to be able to really support them if, should they have an incident of sexual assault that they need, you know, real adult support with. And then um, step number five is remember that it's always okay to take a beat, which I said at the beginning. Um, You can simply say, that's a great question. I'm so happy you came and asked me. I'm going to need to think about that. Can we talk about it before bed tonight? Can we talk about it at dinner tonight? And again, with using all the other steps in terms of your tone and your body language when you say, I need to take a beat. Yeah, step five is really the step that incorporates steps one through four if you need to take that moment. Exactly. So that the shame doesn't come across, which would be perceived as anger, uh, you feeling uncomfortable, your, your son or daughter picking up on that, uh, being to go with step five saying, hey, you know what? I totally want to talk to you about that. Let's talk about that. Da, 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 da. Like you just said, after dinner, on the car ride, whatever, yeah. that gives you a moment if you are suddenly feeling those feelings come over you to take a beat and go, okay, I got I to gotta make sure I come across with the right information so that I can keep this opportunity and the communication open. Exactly. Because you said before, uh, the thing that you don't want to lose is, like you use the term dangerous territory. Can't go to dad because every time I do, he, uh, you know, gets upset. That, oh, so that's another good example. So let's let's bring that into the conversation for a minute, Joe, because that's excellent. For a lot of, and I'm not going to say it's just dads, although no. frequently because of the way we socialize, you know, men, they the acceptable way to show their fear or their concern for their child is to demonstrate anger. And, um, and although it's coming from a place of love and wanting to protect your child, anger is big energy that will shut down a conversation very, very quickly. So um, again, I want to an, encourage you to do any preliminary work um, with your partner, with a trusted friend, with your therapist. And I, I, ne- I think I need to also call out here the, the, the people that this is often most difficult for, although it's also the, per- the people that know the need for this um, maybe more uh, clearly than anyone are, are people who have been parents who have been victims of sexual assault because this can super trigger us um, when our child comes and says, so I want to talk about this thing. And, and even if it's just a pretty, like it has nothing to do with sexual misconduct, 
conduct. It's just even our child becoming sexually active and that triggering us to be like, oh my gosh, are we here already? Like, I, I'm worried about when I became sexually active, either by choice or otherwise, and, and my own trauma around that, I'm terrified it's going to happen to my child. So be super aware of that. And if you, for that reason or any other, when you're honestly checking in with yourself, you're like, I know that I have more work than I can like quickly get done to be this askable adult, I would really encourage you to identify another adult that you trust in your life who can be that askable adult for your child. And you have a side adult conversation with that candidate for being your child's askable adult. And you say, I don't think I can do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do my work because I want to get there. But my child is asking questions right now. Can, can we please... Is that an adult outside of the family? That, that's right. It could, well, it could be... Look, it could be your, your co-parent, but it could also be like most of us, I know I did, most children have another like adult relative or somebody that they really vibe with. That you, It's almost like, wow, it's like these, these two know each other from a past life or something. That person who has demonstrated a level of comfort or has a strong rapport with your child is a great Recruit candidate. Recruit them in to exactly, be that second askable adult. Exactly. To identify themselves as such, you know, to, to do so wholeheartedly with your, your, your request and your permission so that you know that your child has that important askable adult in their life um, because we're, we, we all need it. All children need it, whether they actually end up, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but if they end up in a, a really dangerous or they've, they've had a, a, a really damaging sexual experience or um, just the everyday as they're developing and they're becoming, you know, more conscious sexual beings, being an askable adult is not just about, I want my kid to come if they have trauma. It's, it's being an askable adult, demonstrating that you're an askable adult from the time they're little about any topic, but in this case, being especially aware of how important it is when our kids have questions about their bodies, about their, about sex and sexuality, so that we can um, really help them to stay safe. Great topic today, Anna, and, and the thing I took away from it that, I, that really just hit home was the last part of it here, saying that you can recruit someone else um, as being an askable adult as well. Not because... Um, you know, I'm lazy and I, I wouldn't want to be that person. But that I think that's I think that's important to uh, parents that are you know starting out or that are in the teen years to know. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Before that moment happens and that you know your son or your daughter comes to you with something that might be out of your wheelhouse. Yes. Hey, why don't you you know recruit so and so? That's part of the family, a friend or a relative. Another or, person or, you trust. Another person that you trust, another person that grooves with your son or your daughter, and that you can go, hey, check it out. If, if this was to come up, could you help me out in this particular situation? Exactly. Great. Love it. Uh, hey, you want to find out more? Obviously, you can always go to uh, Rad Parenting. Um, you can visit us. Uh, send an email uh, to uh, radparenting at gmail.com. You can always... Um, get in touch with Anaya that way or myself. Uh, thanks, Anaya, for pulling this together. Hey, if someone wanted to see all these steps, could they go to Real You Parenting? Well, you certainly go to realyouparenting.com and there is um, other resources there and information. Um, and uh, did I say realyouparenting.com? Real you, go to realyou.com. And, and go to realyou.com. And there'll be a link there for all the parent stuff. And there'll be a link for all the parenting stuff, including this topic about being an askable adult. All right, with that said, my name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bo. And we're out of here. Late. Late.